Hi, I'm Jacqueline Freeman. And I'm Sarah Korn. You're listening to Kitchen Table Alchemy, living in full color. This is a podcast for people who see and spread the magical in everyday life. Welcome to our first podcast, Pull On Up a Chair. Today we're going to start off by introducing ourselves and talk about who we are, why we're here, and what we want to do in our time together. Hi, so um, I'm Jacqueline Freeman, and the reason that I wanted to start this podcast, um, kind of back up and give you a little personal story, um, I am just one of those people that's been told several times that I live out loud, and I've learned to embrace that, but growing up in the South, um, as a woman who's 5'9", with this voice that can talk to 500 people without a microphone um, and being three heads taller than all the girls and two heads taller than all the boys. Like I just heard over and over again, you know, calm it down, tame it down. Why do you have to be so, why do you have to be so, why can't you be more? Um, so, uh, so it's been something that I've, that I've always just been and struggled with and moving deeper into my forties. I'm getting more comfortable in that skin and, and as I get more comfortable in that skin, I'm seeing more and more people that want that too, right? So having a place where we um, can really let ourselves be. And and the name for this, um, there was this, that, that idea of living in full color. Um, there was one time that I had gone to go hear a Sufi master speak and it was in somebody's backyard, right? So this was basically a private event. And I think he'd come up from Australia or something. And um, so the Sufis are the mystical branch of Islam. And um, the Wahhabis are the very fundamentalist, rigid branch of Islam. So usually when people think of Islam, they're thinking of the Wahhabis. This is the strain that came out of Saudi Arabia. Um, actually it was, uh, sparked by an engineer, not a, <laughs> not a theologian, by the way. So that, that gives some insight into where that's coming from. But, um, someone had asked this guy that like, there's this huge feud, right? Between the Sufis and the Wahhabs and a lot of Sufi, modern Sufi thinkers have been banned from Saudi Arabia. So if they're practicing Muslims, they're not allowed to go make Hajj because they've been banned by the Saudi government because they're considered heretics. Mystics usually are, right? Um, so this, this Sufi uh, master is, is giving this lecture and there were question and answers afterwards and someone stands up and says, why do you think the Wahhabis are like so virulently against the Sufis? Like they're actively persecuting them. What's up with that? And so the guy paused and took a deep breath, um, as he would need to before answering a question like this, I think. And as he took that breath, this flock of white doves flew over the backyard of the house. I was just like, whoa, okay, now I'm paying attention. <laughs> you know, I was, in, I was anyway, but like, okay, if that's not a sign from the heavens, I don't know what is. And so this flock of white doves flies over the backyard and after they'd cleared, um, he says, well, you know, Sufis live in full color and they ex they're interested in experiencing all of the colors 
of existence. And while he was talking about that, it made me think of this piece from Beloved, which is by Toni Morrison. And there's this part at the end where the grandmother says that she's going to spend the rest of her days meditating on color, right? So there's there's so much there. And um, he said that the, the Wahhabs, the, the fundamentalists, and this would be true for any ideology, um, this, whether it's secular or not, um, but the Wahhabs are locked into this black and white. It's like they're in black and white television, right? They, they want black and white. They want things to be clear. They want yes or no. They, you know, they, th- that, and they want everyone to fit right into it, that. Exactly. Yeah. So like those spaces of negotiation make them really uncomfortable, um, because they want to categorize, right? Like it's here or it's here and there is nothing in between. Um, and it, that's, that's what makes them feel safe. And so when you, when you take full color and you, if you're watching something full color on a black and white television, suddenly there's all this gray. So, so where does that fit? What do you do with that? How it's not black. It's not white. I don't know what to do with it. And so it makes them feel really upset and scared and unsafe. And so they try to shut it down. Um, and I just thought that was such a powerful image of how we move in the world. And since hearing that, I'd seen that and like this, again, this is not just in religion. This is in every human institution. (laughs) This is the way people move in the world, right? There are people that seek to live in full color. There are people that, that want that black and white. And, and then there's all this stuff in between, right? Um, but yeah, I, I want to live in full color. So, and that really ties into, um, the business that I do, I'm a relationship alchemist and I really work with people to help them have full, deep, meaningful relationships with themselves, with their emotions, with their understanding of spirit, with their jobs, with their mates, with their business partners, right? It's for me, it's all about relationship. Um, and, uh, and, and coming into that authentic relationship, which means we have to kind of take off the black and white masks and, and learn to allow ourselves to express these colors, even if we're living in what seems to be a black and white world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I have a little bit of a different experience. I'm, I'm very much of an idealist and an optimist at heart. However, I also have this very strong practical streak. And so, you know, there's something about that conservative way of looking things of this is the way things are and it's very black and white and clear cut that appeals to a part of me. And then there's another part of me that goes, no, I want to live in full color. And, and so my struggle has been with trying to do both, you know, being mm. able to live fully and not compromise my values and at the same time still satisfy that part of me that wants to be practical and, and isn't willing. There's a part of me that says like, okay, I want to have fun and I want to go live in full color, but I'm not willing to like jump off a bridge, you know, just like, or, you know, if it truly is something dangerous or not something I should be doing, right. I'm not going to just go be crazy for the sake of being crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to go for something and take a leap because I think there's something valuable in that experience and, or, or something to be gained or, or, you know, a cause or something like that. 
So, uh, you know, you and I, when we first met, just, I mean, I think we had like a two hour lunch yeah, meeting or Initial something. Initial like lunch that. was like two, because, two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, we just find that we have a lot of these same, um, you know, we, we like to grow and evolve as, as people and also in the relationships that we have with people. We love stories. And just as we've gotten to know each other over the past couple years, as we've both been starting and growing our businesses, is that there are other people like us out there and not a lot of, um, uh, there, there just needs to be more of a, a place or community or resources for people who want to live in full color in the world that we live in, you right. know? And so there's, it's like... Great, we want to do all those things, and at the same time, we need to make it work with the realities that that we're facing. And so we really felt that there's a shift going on in our culture and in terms of how people are, I I guess, I don't know if I want to use the word demanding, but I think there's starting to be the sense of, yeah, we should be insisting on more. We don't have to just mold ourselves to what society says, that there is a way to be authentic and to pursue our dreams and without, you know, having to go like live in a monastery or on, on a mountain, you know, some, right. <laughs> in some, you know, extreme capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not doing the world a lot of good to be stuck in a cave on a mountain somewhere. I think the call is always to come back into the valley, mm-hmm. right? Um, the initiation is not complete until you've come back in the valley and and found a way to integrate integrate mm-hmm. what you've learned into daily life. So, yeah. So this is sort of a digital campfire, like imagining this little bonfire around our microphone here between us. <laughs> so gather around the digital campfire and right. let's figure out how to mash through the stories of our lives and the story of our time and 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 live in full color in this place in between. Absolutely. Okay, so one of the segments that we're going to have regularly on this podcast is going to be looking at headlines and things that are happening um, because we want to be able to be informed but not overwhelmed. And yeah, when we first got together to talk about how we we're going to do this, um, this is something you felt really strongly about. So yeah, yeah. So I have a, a little confession, which is that I don't watch the news and haven't for, I don't know, 15 years or so. And I used to, when I, you know, my dad always watched the news growing up every night and would read the newspapers and, you know, gotta all be these, informed right. Got to be yeah. informed. So I picked up that, Oh, you've got to read the news. You've got to be informed. And, and I, and I did that in college and, and then what I found is that eventually I just got so sick of all the negative stuff in the news. It's so much, you know, it's either bad news or it's drama and people behaving badly. And, and I just, I, you know, I, I felt that like I would come away from the news just feeling yucky. And, and then what made it even worse was I felt like there was nothing I could do about it. And, and I didn't like that feeling. So finally I was like, why do I need to do this? Why am I torturing myself? Why don't I just stop watching the news? I'll have that time to go do other stuff and I won't get infected with all of that negativity. And, 
Uh, and, and that actually, you'd be surprised at how well you can get by without watching the news. I mean, once in a while, something really big will happen and I'll hear about it from someone else. They'll be like, Oh, you know how this happened? I'm like, wait, what? And, and then they tell me and it takes five seconds for me to get caught up on, you know, whatever the big news is. So, so it's actually worked pretty well, but at the same time, I feel like I'm running away from it, kind of hiding in in my little hole. And and so there's a part of me that does still want to be well-informed. And one thing that I like is I've been following you on Facebook, and you'll post a lot of things in the news that are about something that's happening in the news, but it has sort of a well... um, a more enlightened way of looking at it, I guess I would say. And so it it got me thinking, you know, if I could talk with people about things that are going on and we could have intelligent conversation around it and, and not just have this, the news be something that's pushing, right? Exactly. (laughs) You know, so I thought, Hey, this would be, you know, a great thing for us to talk about. Maybe I'll actually start watching the news again. (laughs) <laughs> as my homework for this podcast right. <laughs> with a different eye of course yeah right. so um i got my i did my master's work on women's images in the media and how they impact our sense of self and sense of self-esteem and and these kind of things and of course that's within a larger context of media right um and and there is this this meta narrative this this story over the story, right? And that that they're that they're pushing. There is a there is a certain story over the story that they're pushing, and and that feeling that there's nothing you can do about it. That and and you know and that's something my generation started, right? So I have to like stand in some accountability for that. Like in the '80s, we started sending this message out that. The forces in the world are way bigger than you are, and there's just nothing you can do about it, right? It was a really disempowering story, and there were lots of little stories that fit into that. But if you if you start looking at, I mean, transitioning from, from the 60s and even into the 70s when people were incredibly active, there was this massive grassroots stuff going on. And then we come into the 80s and then all just kind of dies, right? And the media played a huge role in that because it was sending us this message that it's bigger than you and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Mm-hmm. So so really paying attention to how things make you feel and making a decision about whether you're going to buy into that narrative or not, whether you're going to accept that version of the world or not, I think is really, really powerful. And it's something I'm really passionate about in helping people see and understand, right, that, that, that we are able to make decisions on what we buy into and what we don't buy into. And we are totally the authors of our story. So, um, and that being said, like looking at the news, one of the ways when these huge, cause I also I deeply filter what I watch, right? So I, I did that as my master's work and I did not have a television in my house until Jason, Jason moved in and was in my house for over two and a half years before his television came into my house. Like that's how powerfully I felt about not having that stuff impact me, right? Like realizing how much that had played a role in, in 
a, a suicidal depression that almost killed me, right? Um, at the end of my time in Holland, there was this, you know, I was buying into that message. It's bigger than you. There's nothing you can do about it. And right. If you, mm-hmm. I, for me, it wasn't possible to just shut myself down and, and, and kind of Robotron the rest of my life. Right. So, so it led me to this huge crisis point. And, um, but now when I'm, when I'm looking at the news, it, it is fine. Like we need to be aware. We need to see what's going on. We need to pay attention. Um, but then we need to pay attention to the things that are important and not right. take the, they are literally driving us to distraction. And so it's, it's about how we're looking at that news when it comes through. And I see the, the world as these sort of rings of reflection, right? So, um, so these things that are happening, and that's very in line with the sort of union idea of a collective consciousness. And so the things that are happening in the news based on that frame of looking at things, it's just a reflection of things that are happening inside us, right? And there's hmm. this um, beautiful um, chapter number 25 <laughs> in The Life of Pi by Jan Martel. I know it's sort of freakish that I know exactly what chapter that is, but um, <laughs> it was, when I first read that book, I saw it in the bookstore and I opened it up to that chapter, chapter number 25. And he says in there, um, evil in the world is but evil within that's been let out. Um, right. And so, and it, that, mm-hmm. that has been my experience, right? That's what I, that's how I really subscribe to that idea. Yeah. So, so then if I'm seeing the news as a reflection of some, like I'm contributing to this somehow, or it wouldn't be happening. We all are. Um, first of all, it takes the blame out of the equation, right? So I'm very suspicious of news or narratives that make me say, Oh my God, what is wrong with people? Right. Mm. This is a really dangerous idea. Well, and especially, you know, in speaking to what you were saying earlier about how we're sent this message that it's bigger than us and there's nothing we can do. And yet at the same time, I think there's a, a contrary message to that that's also being sent out, which is that you're supposed to do something. You're supposed to be an activist. You're supposed to, you know, especially with the younger generation, you know, millennials and that, there's this sort of idea that you're supposed to go off and start a nonprofit and save the world. And, 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 you know, and sometimes we get this messages of, oh, there are all these people starving in some third world country and why aren't we Americans helping them and we should be doing more. So, so at the same time that they're saying there's this message that you're powerless to do anything, there's this also a message going out that you're supposed to do something. And if you're not changing the world in some way, then you're being selfish and you're just you know, you're not doing your share, which is another way to tell you to overwhelm you. Right. And I think that narrative started in the nineties. Right. So, um, but there, there were lots of people that came underneath that for activists, then that's wonderful, but Mm -hmm. not, not everybody, not everybody is an activist. Yeah. I'm not an activist. Yeah. I I, 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 I get tired watching activists. I'm I'm like, I'm a campaigner. (laughs) I'll say a campaigner. I don't know how much of an activist I am, but I am a campaigner. And so, um, so that's something that, that, uh, that does spark in me, but finding everyday ways 
to renegotiate the world that we're living in Mm -hmm. and, and try to be better than we were yesterday. I think those kinds of things are empowering, right? Right. Um, so working for food issues, for example, working to change tax laws so that restaurants and grocery stores actually donate their food instead of throw it away. Uh, right. Right. There, there's so many different steps along the way to make things like that happen. Um, down to, you know, signing online petitions, then more involvement would be going and talking to legislators, um, just voting with your dollars basically. And pay, when you hear that a restaurant does that, then patronizing that restaurant and making sure that people know that they do that. Um, I'm, I'm a big advocate of local, right? Mm-hmm. So anyone that knows me knows that I am going to try to steer people to a local establishment, right? If they start with, let's go to chain restaurant number 37, then it's like, oh, or we could go to independent restaurant number 12, right? So, right. um, uh, so, so, so those are kind of everyday ways that we can just make a different decision and collectively it has a huge impact. Right. And I think that's a really key point because, uh, you know, another narrative that you see a lot, especially in, in stories and, and in the media, is this idea of the hero who comes along and saves everyone. And 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 it's sending this message that, oh, we're supposed to wait for that person to come along right. and save someone. And, of course, every politician, we're in a, you know, a election year now. And, and so, you know, you always get that with the presidential candidates. I'm going to make everything better. And, and, and it's we like, totally but have a whole segment on savior mentality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, you know, everybody is only one person and even someone as powerful as a president still has limitations in what they can do. And, and we, as individuals, we all have so much that we can do. We all have the realities of our daily life that we have to, uh, work with. And so I think, yeah, I think that's an an excellent point is that if we focus on, I'm going to do what I can and trust that my little bit and your little bit and all these little bits are all going to add up to really powerful change on a big level. And recognizing we are the ones we've been waiting for. Right. Oh, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Right. So really moving into that place of empowerment because within that savior paradigm, right. To have a savior, you have to have a victim. You have to have somebody that's Mm. incapable of doing anything for themselves. Right. Yeah. And and we don't really think about what that means on the flip side. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we see it in that context, then, then we can see that this, this idea is really an ego driven idea actually. And, and the ego, like it's all about self-sabotage and it's all about sucking your actual power away. Right. And getting you to chase things that seem like they have power or will, mm-hmm. will lend you power. If only I had. Right. Fill in the blank. It's constant, like outward distraction instead of looking at the power that you do have, that all of us have, right? And certain, and, and then the, the, the sort of savior narrative is the biggest, like, uh, manifestation of that because, like, now I can't do anything until someone comes and saves me. Like, I, I don't know about y'all, <laughs> uh, but that kind of idea, like, that was another one of those ideas that took me into that depression that almost mm-hmm. killed me, right? And and when I realized I was the one that had to get me out of that hole, yeah, then that helped me make that decision to live. 
And then every day, sometimes every hour, making decisions to live. And then it went from living with a a little L to living with a capital L, which is kind of what this podcast is about, right? Right. Um, Capital L living in capital F full capital C color. (laughs) Um, So, um, but I think looking at the news and finding a way, like when we see, okay, the news is a reflection of me and we recognize we are the ones we've been waiting for. Even if it's something that seems huge and we feel powerless against it in the moment, um, if we look at that, so the, the story about the Boston uh, Marathon bomber, this was several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that came up, it, I mean, it was just heartbreaking and devastating and it, it was horrible, right? Um, and it was one of those news pieces that regardless of how much you keep yourself in the news closet. Right. It, it, you heard it, about it. Right. Yeah. It made it through. It made its way through. And in sitting and reflecting on that. I was like, okay, so what really happened here, right? So we sort of like start dissecting the story and looking at the story and then find a way to flip it inside. So what really happened here? We had somebody just moments from the the finish line set off this explosive that kept these people who had been working for so long and training for so long and preparing for so long from being able to complete this thing that they'd been working towards, Right. And, and I thought about it and was like, well, okay, so how do I do that? Like, where are the places that I set a bomb off five feet back from my own finish line? I do it all the time. And everyone I know does it all the time. (laughs) I don't think I know anybody. And there's lots of people that find they keep running the race, right? They keep getting back, getting the shoes back on and heading back out the door the next morning. So they do cross those finish lines. But, but I don't know anybody that doesn't sabotage themselves seconds away from the finish line. Right? So once I started looking at that event that way, then, then I'm looking inside. Now I'm in a place of empowerment rather than anger, hatred, blame, all the things. And, and these are normal emotions to come up in that space, right? Like mm-hmm. it's part of being human. It's totally makes total sense to me that these kind of emotions come up when we hear news like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. horrifying. But to just let those emotions go through like you're a clay pipe and that's just wind washing, rushing through and not making decisions based on those emotions, not making like solid judgments about entire groups of people, not right. Like just mm-hmm. pulling back from all of that and then flipping it inwards. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so, so how do I do that? How am I contributing to this kind of energy that that blows things up seconds before the finish line. Right. I know for a fact that I contribute to that energy. Right? And that's, yeah, and that's a good point. That even when even when the incident on the news had nothing to do with you in the literal sense, it it's still an opportunity for you to look at it and learn something from it about yourself. Absolutely. And start to make some kind of changes in the way you do things. Right. And step yeah. into this place of empowerment. So I am not contributing to aggression, judgment, and hatred mm-hmm. on, on the planet. Right. Yeah. And that, that piece of news, as horrific it is, I'm not hiding from that piece of news, but I'm not, I'm also not allowing that piece of news to put me into va- violating my own value system right. and contributing to, to judgment, bigotry, hatred, 
blame, like all right. these things that I know are making the planet a worse place to live on. Yeah. So, so yeah. So once I flip it in, now I'm empowered. Now I can start looking and see, okay, well, where do I do that? And why do I do that? And how do I do that? And how do I stop? And now I'm busy working on me. Right. Which is the Which only, is- <laughs> the only business I have any business being in. Right. Really. The only thing you truly have control over Absolutely. is yourself. Yeah. And I, and you know, that's a really great point because that's, uh, that can lead definitely, I know has led me astray is thinking that I have to control other people or other circumstances or, you know, that that's my responsibility. But really finally, what I realized is it's not my responsibility. The only responsibility I have is in the choices that I make. Wow, we've just talked about some amazing stuff today. And, um, but of course, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a very practical person. So my practical side right now is saying, that's wonderful, but how do I apply this in my daily life? Yeah. And it was, so that's something we want to have with all of the podcast. Um, but it was amazing to sit here and listen to this. Uh, this, the segment that you just heard was actually recorded on the 5th of November. Um, but it is now the 21st of November as we're putting these episodes together, getting ready to put them onto our website. And, um, there were some, uh, terrorist attacks actually in several different places in the world last weekend. Um, Paris was one of them. So to sit and listen, um, to what we talked about is really like, like tears and, and chicken skin pretty much the whole time. Um, so yeah, this, but let's, so let's kind of go backwards and give you guys some practical, some practical tips or applications. Like what can you do with this moving forward? Yeah. And so I really liked how you started off, uh, talking about where our name came from and that story about, you know, the black and white thinking versus, uh, full color thinking. And so what I have done and, and what I would recommend is, is a first step is, to just step back and develop an awareness of when you tend to categorize things as this or that, for or against, us versus them, and just sort of take a look at it, not with judgment, but just develop an awareness of it, and then ask yourself, you know, why why am I wanting to categorize that or think that it's, you know, this is an us or versus them kind of situation? And is there emotion behind that? Um, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. One thing that I have noticed is that, um, it, it, well, our brain is just wired to categorize things. That's how it works. It likes to put things in neat little buckets. And so it's something that we're hardwired to do. We do it automatically. And so something sometimes it's that simple, is that we're just comfortable with that. And so sometimes there's, you know, it's, it's very simple and some, but then other times there's uh, something really deep under there. Yeah. And being really comfortable with it, like what happens when we don't do what we're comfortable with, just kind of paying attention to that, right? Like, let me, let me just kind of see what happens here. Yeah. And, um, wow, completely blown away that I used the example of the Boston bomber, um, when we were talking about how we're going to do the news, um, so I think, uh, just spend a little time with that, right? I, I talked in the news segment about, uh, taking news headlines, dissecting the story, what actually happened, what were the steps that happened, and then 
flipping it back, thinking of it as a metaphor as opposed to uh, real events, physical events, and then flipping that backwards to see how that reflects um, what's happening in you. How, how, how are you reflecting that? What is the way that you do that in your own life so that you're in an empowered place to be able to work with it? Um, I know that, uh, concerning the, um, not only the terrorist attacks that happened in Baghdad and Paris and Kenya, and I'm missing at least two other places, um, uh, there's been a huge discussion about refugees here in the States and processing that myself, I'm seeing, um, a fear of having my compassion used against me, which was something I was processing before all of that happened and seeing now how well that folds into the national conversation that is happening as we're recording this. Um, so spend a little time with that yourselves and see where you get with that. We are definitely going to do, um, we'll be recording it this Wednesday. It may end up being third or fourth podcast out because um, as we sat listening to this podcast with like chicken skin and verklempt eyes, um, uh, we're seeing also the other, uh, we've got two more episodes that we have already recorded. And, um, I think that they are covering things that are going to be really useful, uh, as we dive into the things that are happening in the headlines right now, um, uh, from the state's perspective, uh, in, in, uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, uh, 2016. So, um, 2015, 2015. Yeah. We're not there yet. I know. Right. It feels like it though. (laughs) So, um, uh, (laughs) so we will get back and have a full episode about that. And of course, um, we want you to jump onto the Facebook page and engage in conversation with people there. Um, pull up to that little digital fire and, uh, process some of that. Um, so, and yeah, Uh, Thanks for joining. All right. Have a great week. Yeah.